How can we design our own ideal lifestyle? In this episode, we talk about intentional living, how to care for yourself, and making your life a masterpiece. Welcome to Create Lounge, an inviting space for intimate conversations with fierce creatives. We value your voice, so we've created this podcast to help creatives like you share your story with a community who deeply cares about who you are and what you create. I'm Kayla of KaylaHollitz.com, a community and brand coach, a poet, and a passion project enthusiast. I created Create Lounge to connect with fellow creatives and encourage them to embrace the multitude of their creativity. Creative living starts here. Won't you join us? Today, we will be chatting with Eileen Sue, a lifestyle YouTuber, podcaster, and musician. We're so excited to have her on the show with us today. So hello, Eileen. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Kayla. Thanks for having me. I am really excited to talk to you today because I have been following your YouTube videos for, I think, like almost over a year now. It's been a while, but you seriously have the most beautiful videos as far as editing and lighting and just all the dreaminess. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So how about before we really get into the episode, you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Right, so currently I run Lavender, which is a blog, a YouTube channel, and now a podcast called The Lavender Lifestyle. And everything that I talk about revolves around personal development and lifestyle design. So I'm all about learning how to best create your dream life. So Mm. I consider everyone on this planet an artist of life. So I have a background in like art and creativity, my background in like music, acting, performing, etc. So the lens that I see life through is like through art. So I believe that life really is like an art that you can purposely create and it's up to you as the artist to like paint whatever you want in your life, which is so beautiful and so empowering. So that's the message that I want to share. I love that message because your tagline really is that life is an art, make it a masterpiece. And I always go back to that when I think of like the most powerful taglines I've heard. I just absolutely love it. (laughs) And I know. And I think it's also really great that you really are wanting to talk a lot about the personal development side too, which I think is Mm -hmm. really big in kind of designing that lifestyle that you want for yourself too. So where did that passion really come from? Uh, it came from me being super lost, and not knowing <laughs> what the heck to do with my life. You know, sure. and I think it started in college when I started to soul search and figure out what career I wanted to go mm. into. And I had some time to get to study abroad in Italy. And I think that's where I brought my first kind of personal development books with me on that trip. Sure. Because before that, I was just like, you know, my head was deep into school. I didn't think about anything. I just had like school life, social life. I didn't think about myself and my future. And yeah, when I had that time to really look within and ask myself these questions, like, what do I really like? Who am I really? Like, I don't even know who I am and what I want to do. That's when like the personal development side started to kick in. And I think naturally, once you start reading those books, like everything comes together. Like all all the parts about self-love, learning to forgive, how to become like a more productive person. Like there's just so many pieces to the puzzle. And I thought that was really fascinating just to think that 
we can change ourselves if we try, if we make an effort to work on ourselves. It's kind of like building a muscle, you know, Mm -hmm. like building habits. Yeah. So I think before I started reading these books, I had no idea that you could really change as a person. I I thought with people just stay the same and you just live life. But, you know, I realized like, wow, I have more power over me and how I see the world, what I do. And that was cool. And I think once you get started, you don't want to stop. You always want to keep learning and improving. And yeah. I think that's so great. And I love that these books were really that catalyst for you to be able to deep dive into, you know, your personality and why you do the things you do and why you, you know, think the way that you think yeah. as well. And so I'd love to know, do you have any uh, personal development based books that you would recommend uh, to anyone who's listening, who's interested in learning a little bit more about the personal development side of things? Yeah, I have a ton, girl. (laughs) Like, I have a whole ton. Like, okay, I have a page on my website where I list all of my favorite books and I section it into, like, personal development, business, creativity, whatever. So that page is, like, lavendare.com slash favorites slash books. Awesome. So there's that page, but I can name some now. My One of my favorite books is called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. It's a very short book. There's four main agreements. It's that's like a really good foundation book. And then another one that I love is Big Magic oh, yes. by I love it. <laughs> yeah, by Elizabeth Gilbert. And that's because of the artist creative side, but I think anybody like can benefit from reading that book. Oh, I completely agree. And that was actually yeah. one of our community's book club choices um, mm. in the past because we totally quote Big Magic all the time. It's awesome. <laughs> and I'll definitely make sure to link to uh, that link in the yeah. show notes too so people can go over there and kind of visit that whole entire list, uh, which mm-hmm. is great. So one of the things I love, of course, about what you do is that you have just reached an insane amount of growth on YouTube. So first, congratulations. Um, Thank and you. also, I'd love to know when you started creating YouTube's videos and even what inspired you to start in the first place. Right. So my background, I don't know if many people who watch my channel know this, but I started a YouTube channel when I was in high school. I was like 17 years old. Like I used to sing and play piano. So I would post like videos of me singing and that was since 2007 and I, I it was like a hobby I did it casually but throughout college what it did was it kind of like got my feet wet in mm-hmm. the YouTube world like I was in the YouTube I was plugged in from the beginning where like the f- original wave of YouTube stars were just blossoming and I was so involved in that com- community I would like go to the shows of all these new YouTube stars back then and I was really into it so I saw YouTube transform and grow I saw these like bubbles grow so big and then pop like cover artists like that used to be huge and yes. now it's like it that bubble popped because people would listen to more EDM music instead of acoustic music and it's just it's been interesting to see those trends and also the trends of like beauty and fashion and so I think my mind was always in it and I think that gave me an advantage because I had the background of like mm-hmm. making videos editing all the basics right and then once I graduated college I got a job at a food festival startup where I wore multiple hats. I was doing marketing, like kind of creating videos for that food festival, interviewing chefs. And so I ran their YouTube channel and I I got to hire my own video team and, you know, produce videos. So I think a lot of that background helped me so much when I decided to start Lavendaire in 2014. So I wanted to start Lavendaire because, like I said, since college, I've been reading all these personal development books. And, you know, people in their early 20s, 
when I was in my early 20s, I didn't feel like any of my friends were into these topics. I felt like I had no <laughs> one to talk to about personal growth because everyone was out partying mm-hmm. or just working and they just weren't at that life stage. And all the books that I was reading, I felt like were catered to people going through their midlife crisis, at least in my perspective. <laughs> I'm like, this, this, the person who wrote this book is like 50 years old or older. And he's writing for someone who's like 30 years. I don't know. I just felt like I was really young. And I felt like my medium of like entertainment was YouTube because mm-hmm. I loved watching YouTube since high school. And I was like, nobody on YouTube is talking about this stuff. And I, it, I really tried to dig on the internet for people write talking about this and I found blogs you know like zen habits sure and like living like there's a lot of blogs talking about living your dreams but at the same time like the people talking about that they were older they were like mm-hmm. a different demographic than than I am and so I thought there was an opportunity to start talking about this stuff on YouTube because I knew a, lo- a lot of young people must be going through the same things I'm going through. They must be lost and figuring out how to, you know, create their life. Sure. I think all of us have had some sort of like a quarter life crisis, I think is what they call it now, Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah, totally. So I think it just, it felt right and it came at the right time. And once I started to post videos and share, like, it started with my Facebook friends. I'd have, like, random people that I haven't, like, talked to in years, and they would message me, like, hey, I saw you posted this video. Like, I totally love what you're talking about. I'm going through the same thing. And then I started to realize, like, yeah, more and more of us are going through the same things. We're just not talking about it or sharing about it. And so, yeah. I really love that you brought that conversation out into the open. Like you saw that Mm -hmm. there was really a need for more people to be talking about this topic, especially kind of in in our younger um, generation, especially kind of the 20-somethings generation. And I see that definitely a lot too. And one of the things that I love about your story is that you brought it to, you know, a place with video, I mean, you really have to be Mm -hmm. the face behind something. So I think it's really vulnerable and really amazing that you've been able to show up in that way, you know, with your entire identity um, behind it. And I think that that's something that all of us can really admire too. Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing is like, when you put your face and your personality, like you have to be your most authentic self. There's no like filtering. And I think I've learned how to do that better over time. And I think that's the way to go. Like you have to be real and you have to be willing to put yourself out there, put your fears out there. And then like the more you do it, the easier it gets. Like for me, when I started my podcast, I was like so scared to share some of those like really personal kind of sad stories. And now I'm like, I don't care. I'll just share everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they totally just balance out all of the, you know, the more flowery and flourished kind Mm -hmm. of stories too. And I think it is really nice to have people that are willing to show that not everything is, you know, like, I think it's very easy to have a romanticized version of what a person person's life is like online. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, you even have a totally beautiful Instagram feed, but I also love that you balance it with those really real and true Mm -hmm. stories so people can know that, you know, it's really just the balance of both of those things. It really is. And I think now because we have so many different social platforms, Mm -hmm. I see each platform for like a different purpose. Like I, I purposely want my Instagram to look beautiful. And to me, like Instagram is my ideal world. Like <laughs> don't ever think that anyone's Instagram is a representation of real life. It's not, and it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be like 
your mood board of what you dream your life looks like <laughs> and then like Snapchat or now Instagram stories, that's more reality. Like sure. I think it's okay to right? There's different platforms for different purposes. Oh, I love that. And I think it's really great to keep that context in mind when you're starting Mm -hmm. to, you know, I think a lot of us can start to feel like the comparison game can kind of come in, especially Mm -hmm. when we're thinking about our lifestyle and we're sharing different things about our process. So I think that's a really great thing to keep in mind. Yeah, totally. So what are some of the greatest experiences that have kind of come out of you pursuing YouTube? So many. I mean, everything. (laughs) I think this... I mean, the whole lifestyle, I absolutely love. I love creating on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. I love being able to work at home and, you know, at my own schedule. And really, like, to be able to connect with people from all over the world. Because, like, now I I get emails from people. Like, I have a friend in Finland. Like, he emails me, like, (laughs) sends me photos of what he's doing. I have, like, a friend in the Netherlands. Like, I consider everyone my friends because we, like, tweet each other. We comment on each other's Instagram photos and it's just really cool to be able to connect on that global level and there's just been some like really positive things that I've helped people do in their lives and it's really been like fulfilling that's so great I love that you can kind of balance out the content creation as well as you know the the community interaction too because that Mm -hmm. is such a huge part of building any sort of brand online too but like you said you are working from home and really trying to have a you know consistent calendar of course of content so what is kind of a normal day look like for you so I like to block out my week and I like to, yeah, block out time on my week. So Mondays and Tuesdays are like only filming and editing days. Mm. And then Wednesdays I will like edit, write emails, like blog, like whatever little like other things I need to do. Thursdays and Fridays I will save for like meetings. Like for example, mm. I do my podcast on Thursdays and just, you know, miscellaneous. There's like a lot of random things like to do. Sure. Yeah. So I try to do it that way. And I try to make Friday like easy going. So if I have time, I can like do creative stuff like work on music or just, yeah, me time. I love that you block it off like that too, because I have yeah. found that my you know, productive workflow has just skyrocketed after I decided to do batch work days. Um, yeah, because yeah. I used to do a lot of writing and then I would jump into a coaching call. Then I would try to do writing again before I'd have another meeting. And like you said, it's just nice to kind of keep them all in a specific day or even just Mm -hmm. a a specific kind of period of time. But I really think that it helps in kind of just getting yourself into the flow and then not having to interrupt that. Yeah, totally. Like I love like sitting down, editing a video, knowing I don't have to do anything else that day, just work on Mm -hmm. videos on my own. And then other days I'm like, I have a bunch of calls after calls, after meetings and stuff. And it it works so much better for me. Yes. I love that. Mm -hmm. Just like intentional focus. So speaking of that, you talk a lot about, you know, intentional living as well as minimalism in your videos. So what does living intentionally mean to you and what does it look like? Yeah. So a big part of this whole lifestyle, which includes minimalism is really to be fully conscious and aware of every that's around you every Mm. aspect of your life every physical thing that you have so for example with minimalism I think a lot of people get the wrong idea they think minimalism is having as few things as possible and when I hate when like I post things on videos on minimalism and people are like you still have a lot of things how can you call yourself a minimalist (laughs) I hate that oh my god but it's it's because like the idea really is like 
being fully aware of what you have, making sure that everything around you is something that brings you joy or serves you some kind of value. Mm -hmm. So you know what I mean? It's different for everyone. Different things will make different people happy. And it's it's all up to you. The, the purpose is to be fully conscious and aware of everything. And like, it's nice to know that in your life, everything around you is something that you purposely keep there because you want it to be there. For example, like all your friendships are there because you care about each and every one of those friends. Mm-hmm. You want them to be there. They're not, they're not just there because you feel like you have to stay friends with this person or you feel like you know, it's an obligation or anything like that. It's everything is conscious and on purpose. And in that way, like you're in control and you have all the power to decide what you want to keep in your life and what you don't want to keep in your life. Yes. And I totally love this too, because I have read the the life-changing magic of tidying up. And of course, the really big question in that book is, you know, looking at your items and thinking, does this spark joy? So I think that goes so well with what you were saying about keeping things around you that have value. And I think when you start to kind of thinking, think about it in that physical way, I think it, yeah, also can help you in those relationships like you were talking about, as well as just, you know, some of the mental clutter that we have that we collect, Mm -hmm. you know, day to day too. So I love that it really blends in with the personal development super well. It does. I, yeah, I, to me, like, now everything is just the same. It's very simple. People make it complicated, mm-hmm. but everything really comes down to the same thing. Like, does this make you happy? In terms of, like, finding your career, like, does this make you happy? Does it bring you joy? And that's the simple question, really. Yeah, because I think so many times we can feel like there are different expectations. Maybe we're fighting mm-hmm. different things that we, you know, are having as these supposed tos in our life. And I think just being introspective, like we were talking about earlier in the podcast and just checking in with yourself to see, do you really enjoy this? You've been taught maybe to, to enjoy this, but do you like deep in your core really enjoy this thing? And yeah, I love that you're talking about this from a personal development standpoint, because I think you really can find an insane amount of growth in, you know, that area. If you're Mm. willing to kind of ask some of those harder questions and look a little bit deeper. Yeah. Yeah. So how have you intentionally designed your own lifestyle? I mean, in the big picture, like in terms of like a career, I knew from the beginning, and this is the reason why my senior year of college, I like did it, I knew I didn't want to get like a corporate nine to five job because already from that time, I'm like, I'm looking to my future and I want to be my own boss. I want to work whenever I want. I want to be able to travel a lot. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, maybe I'm asking for a lot for someone who's like 21 years old, but I want it. And so I knew that if I were to like step in a job, it would kind of be a waste of time. I would be doing it for a while until I decide to quit and then live my life. And I'm like, why don't I just start living that now? Start building it now. So the way that I saw things, even though I was really lost still, I didn't know exactly what the path looked like. Every step that I took was like, I asked myself, is this the step in the right direction? Mm. Like, do I see this fitting into my very big picture dreams? Oh, I love that. Yeah, you always have to see, ask yourself, like, does this make sense? Because, you know, when you have a big picture dream, there's so many different ways to get there. Mm-hmm. And you have to realize, like, what are the possibilities? So, you know, you you know yourself, like, when one step, like, is in a completely opposite direction, you mm-hmm. know. So so I just started to, like, ask those questions, like, make sure I keep my eyes on the, that goal. In the smaller scheme of things, like, 
intentionally planning your daily habits. That's something mm. that I've been working on for like the past couple of years where like I have these positive daily habits that I want to do every day. And the hardest part is to get consistent with it. So you design like your morning routine, your evening routine. And I've experimented with different things. Like I do morning pages. I mm-hmm. want to try, I want to meditate for 20 minutes every morning. And at night I want to read like 10 pages of a book before I go to bed. And I, you know, things have, come and go like I used to try oil pooling which is this where you put coconut oil in your mouth and you swish it around for 15 minutes and it's supposed to be like a healthy interesting habit yeah it's a healthy habit to get rid of a lot of bacteria in your mouth like there's there's all these like different techniques and habits that you can try out and I think ultimately it's about like trying everything that interests you and then like in the end finding out what works best for you so like constantly crafting your perfect morning routine evening routine and I put them in the morning and evening because that's where you can like best stack habits and then after you get them done you go on with your day and you do the work that you have Mm. to do right and then yeah it's just for me at least it's easier to stack habits in the morning and the evening so I know to do Mm -hmm. them yeah Yeah. and I love that because I mean you're starting and ending the day then on a really great note and a consistent Mm -hmm. note too so I'm sure that that helps you keep you know, creating consistently too, since you have those habits that are a little bit more consistent. Yeah. And then at night I do this thing where I have, I have this like journal app on my phone where I kind of bullet point everything that happened that day. I usually post like one picture that from that day. So I can always go back and see exactly what I did every single day. (laughs) And then I also like keep track of like five areas and I, I, they are, their health, relationships, career, personal development, and happiness. So at the end of the night, I'll like keep track of those five areas like health. Did I do yoga today? Did I do anything? Sometimes I don't do anything and I'm just like, oh, I ate a burger. I was lazy and that's okay. It's a good way to keep track like whether you're going on a positive trajectory or if you're going on a negative one. And you know, it's okay if you like you're lazy for a few days, but you you can like look back and be like, oh, I haven't like done it. I haven't moved my body in like five days. I should probably go to the gym, you know? (laughs) So it's, yeah. I love that it acts as kind of that accountability too, because then you can go back and look through to see what everything was like. But I'm definitely going to have to check that out because I am somebody who does a lot of journaling. I have like five different journals. I do too. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. I love that. So I'll definitely make sure to link to that app in the, in the podcast show notes, because I think everybody's going to want to look at that too. And I love the idea of taking a photo every day. And it again, yeah. it's a photo for you. So I think that's yeah. so great that you're able to take kind of a visual representation of what happened that day. And it doesn't have to be something, again, that's, you know, super stylized and pretty Mm-mm. for Instagram. It's it, just for me. Exactly. It's like, it could be ugly things. It could be, sometimes I don't have a photo. I took take pictures of my meals. Like if I cook something <laughs> or like a selfie, whatever. Because like, it's really nice to visually look back on your life. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing this for like over two or three years. Wow. And yeah. It, and if you think about how much you have documented there then too, yeah, like I that's have my pretty life incredible. Documented. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. And I love that you really put an emphasis on finding the right lifestyle blend for you because I think that's really important because, you know, I think it's great to share, you know, your own lifestyle and what you put within yours. But I think a lot of the times we'll, we'll try different things and maybe they won't work. And I know I've definitely mm-hmm. tried certain things that I've really 
wanted to work for me um, and they just didn't. And that's totally okay. I'm curious. (laughs) Honestly, for me, like the meditation has not worked for me yet. I I I think maybe it's because I haven't gotten to a point where I can truly be calm without any distractions. It's just (laughs) like my mind is always going a thousand miles an hour, but that probably means that I need meditation more than anybody. (laughs) Yeah. No, trust me. It will help you a lot. And you know what? Maybe you're just trying to do meditation for too long like try doing it for like two minutes five minutes tops yeah maybe that's something like that too and maybe I'm I'm thinking about it too much when I need to just kind of surrender to it (laughs) yeah yeah Awesome. So I know you talked a little bit um, and mentioned self-care, which I think really comes up a lot with personal development. So how does Mm -hmm. that kind of play into your everyday? Uh, Self-care is so important to me. Self-love, self-care, whatever you want to call it. Basically putting yourself first because, you know, at the end of the day, you're your own best friend. You have to look out for yourself too. And it's not called being selfish because if if you don't put yourself first, then ultimately everything else, like, that you do won't help others. You have to mm-hmm. help yourself before you're able to actually give back to others, to the world. And so that can look like a lot of different things. Like for example, for me, self-care is like taking the time to journal mm-hmm. and see what's really going on in my, in my mind. Because if I don't journal, I don't actually know what's going on in there. Like I just, <laughs> you're right. It's for some reason, like I don't know how I feel until I write it out. Yep. It's kind of weird. Yeah, so for me, it's really like journaling is my way of talking to myself and like seeing what's going on inside and also like taking time to relax and have fun. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, some people out there might be workaholics, you want to hustle and grind and sometimes I can get into that mode, but you really have to like set aside and plan time to like take a break, take a vacation, maybe take a day trip or even like you know, spend an hour at the end of the week, like reading a book, whatever it is that you want to do, that's purely for your own enjoyment, Mm -hmm. do it. Yeah, that's what self-care is. Mm -hmm. And I love that you can really fit it into your everyday too. It's not something where you have to block off an entire week for it and then just kind of forget about it for the next, Mm -hmm. you know, few months. It really should be kind of that ever-growing process where you're just trying out different things, seeing what works. But when you find, I think, that that right flow for you that allows you to feel nourished and fulfilled on a pretty daily basis, I think that's kind of like the money right there. Yeah, like it doesn't have to be a big deal. It doesn't have to be a big trip or anything. Sure. Like maybe like 10 minutes to just sit down and have tea and relax and not have to stress out. Something like that is really like it benefits your health, your mm-hmm. your soul in so many ways. And I love that you also said that, you know, before you can serve others, you really have to nourish yourself, uh, which I yeah. think is something that a lot of us, including myself, uh, can sometimes have a hard time with because we constantly want to be able to give give but you can't Mm -hmm. necessarily do that if you're not willing to kind of receive um, and especially like conserve some of that energy too right because there will be nothing to give Mm -hmm. and I know some people who give so much and then it gets to a point where like they I don't know how to explain it it's kind of like they feel like angry sure. at the other person you forget because they're like why don't you appreciate that I've given to you blah 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 <laughs> like you when you give you're not supposed to feel like you want anything in return yeah. and if you feel like you want something in return that means like you need to just give to yourself <laughs> yeah resentment yeah. I think is a huge right? huge indicator right? that something maybe like needs to change and I'm sure like everybody has kind of been there so mm-hmm. yeah yeah 
<laughs> so now that you are really tuned into what your ideal lifestyle is like, you know, this is kind of the big question of how would you define success now? And how is that different possibly than um, the definition that you had when you were growing up? Okay. I mean, when I was growing up, yeah, when I was really young, obviously, I think we're all taught success is like money, having sure. a lot of money, having a good job, maybe like just for me, it wasn't as much about the money, but it was more like prestige. I cared mm. about like awards and like being recognized. And I think a lot of it has to do with our upbringing, like psychologically, because I grew up, my dad wasn't around and you kind of like wanted that extra attention and mm. recognition because you didn't get it. And I think some of it does filter into what I do now. Cause like, I've always been a performer. I love to be on stage and perform. Even in high school, I did like musicals and in college I, I performed a lot as well. And I got into acting and I think that, I mean, Okay, I'm going off tangent, but no, something no, that Tony Robbins said. Yeah, some some something that Tony Robbins said. He's a motivational speaker. He said, "Your problems are your gifts." Mm-hmm. So, like for example, like you know, we think that we shouldn't have problems, and we're like, "Oh, like why why do I have this problem and that problem?" But your problems are your gifts because those troubled times, like they mold you into who you are, and so you have to be grateful for them. So, like all of my childhood troubles and problems they've molded me into this person. It starts out yes. like seeking attention because you lacked it and you lacked the love. But then in the end, it it molded me into this performer type person where now I'm eight, like now that I'm stronger as a person, I'm more like, I know myself more. I'm be able, I'm able to give back in that way. Mm-hmm. So it, it's actually a gift. So my problem became my gift. And when I go off tangent, I totally forgot your question. Again. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, like seriously, through that, I can totally tell that you are a fellow journaler because I always, I always talk about. I'm like, what the heck am I talking about? Yeah, I always yeah. talk about things kind of, yeah, from the past and from my childhood and like, oh, and this happened, which relates to this thing, which is something I'm going through right now, which yeah. then relates to this. And people are like, you yeah. think so much about this. But yeah, I think that's such a huge part of just, you know, personal development in general is being able to look back and see how mm-hmm. it's influenced, um, you know, the right now, but also being really excited about the future too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that success has kind of changed a little bit, even when you were growing up too, it kind of went from the money possibly to the prestige. And now it sounds like it really is about that, that lifestyle that you want, which is going to be yeah. able to, you know, balance the work and play. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think balance is so important to me. Like, to be successful to me now is, like, really to be free. To be Mm. free. Like, I'm not tied down to anything. So, yes, part of it's being financially free, but part of it's also, like, being free to, like, travel when I want, to, like, not stress about anything. I just want to live a life where I feel free, I love what I do, and I just you know, continue living in a way that benefits myself. It's a little bit selfish, but I think everybody should think about themselves Mm -hmm. and live a life that benefits them. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to work towards something, you might as well work towards something that's going to make you happy. (laughs) Exactly. So before we kind of wrap up this episode, I'd love for you to leave us with some practical ways that some of our listeners can start to hone in on what their ideal lifestyle is. I would say you have to start with what you want. Yeah, I mean, that's the very basic of it. Sure. Know what you want 
And so I think you have to ask yourselves those questions and be honest with yourself. What you want is not necessarily like what you've been taught to want, what your parents want for you. It's really like deep down, what do you want? And once you know like your what you want out of life, it doesn't have to be like a big, huge goal, a big achievement. It could be like, like I said, to be free in a lifestyle. Like whatever it is, like know in a very clear way what it is and maybe do like some vision exercises where you like envision your life in in your ideal world and write out all the details of that life like how what time do you wake up what do you eat for breakfast who do you talk to during your day like envision all of that in your ideal lifestyle everything and then write that down somewhere look at that every day and you'll know once it's like that ingrained in you that you'll know like what steps align with it and what Mm -hmm. steps don't align with it and I think there's no right or wrong way to get there it really is starting with like that clarity and then living your life in a way that's kind of like you know following that like trail (laughs) you know following the clues to take you there I love it and it really does Mm -hmm. make it sound like the adventure that it is (laughs) it is it really is like you can't expect you can't plan for things to happen the universe will throw things at you and in the end like only in hindsight will you realize like wow like it it all led like mm-hmm. step by step but but going forward like you you can never predict anything so the best way is really to like know like have your compass like know exactly mm-hmm. what you want and then take those baby steps that like does this feel right maybe yes okay i'll take that step does it feel right if it doesn't don't take that step Amen. Well, Mm -hmm. thank you so much, Eileen, for spending some time with us today and sharing a lot about your story and your background, as well as some great tips for, you know, how we can build our own unique ideal lifestyle. Yeah, totally. Thanks so much. If you enjoyed this episode of the Create Lounge podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave a rating and comment to let us know what you think. Want to be a part of our community? Sign up and join us at createlounge.com. We can't wait to meet you.